Welcome to the Everyday Ultra Podcast, a show designed to help you level up your training, crush your races, and ultimately become a better endurance athlete every single day. Whether you're an endurance athlete as a hobby or someone who wants to be the best in the sport, this is the show for you. I'm your host, Joe Corsion, and thank you so much for listening. Now, let's get into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Everyday Ultra Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Corsione, and today we have such a legendary episode for you all. Not just because this guy's trail name is Legend, but he is a legend in every right in himself. He's one of the greatest thru-hikers that we've seen in the endurance world and has just accomplished so many FKTs and through hikes and just legendary feats of endurance throughout his entire career and we're having him on to talk about his most recent legendary accomplishment which is nabbing the unsupported FKT for the John Muir Trail um, which is you know impressive in its own right being that the John Muir Trail is one of the gnarliest through hikes out there in the United States and quite possibly the world. And so we're speaking today with none other than the legend himself, Jeff Garmeyer. Now, this is the second episode we've had with Jeff, whereas in the first episode, we talked a little bit more about his background and how he got into the endurance world and the through hiking world, also covering some mental tricks that he deploys on his FKT and through hike and ultra endurance events. It's a great episode. Definitely listen to it. And this one, we're talking specifically about his JMT FKT, going into the details on how he planned this race, what his mindset was going into it, how he was able to overcome obstacles and adversity throughout the events, and ultimately some wild stories that are not only going to inspire you, but leave you fired up to accomplish the goals, whatever that might be, whether it's a through hike or a 100-mile race or a 50K or even a marathon, whatever that might be, you're going to be inspired after this episode because Jeff oh man like he really really crushes it here and so I'm so excited for you to dive into it now before we dive into the episode I want to share an exciting update from Jeff's world that I think you all are going to love and that is he is going to be releasing a new film called Free Outside really really soon so Free Outside is a documentary covering his unsupported FKT um accomplishment I was going to say attempt but he actually did accomplish that FKT which is incredible his unsupported FKT accomplishment on the Colorado Trail. Now, what's super, super cool is there really hasn't been any documentary out there that is covered in an unsupported FKT to the depths that this one has. I mean, there is incredible drone footage. I mean, beautifully shot, uh, you know, uh, scenery in there. And ultimately, it not only captures the highs, but also the lows that came along with the FKT attempt. And the trailer looks incredible. Like, I want you all to see it. And so I put the trailer in the show notes. So go to the uh, show notes in order to see this trailer. It is epic. And I'm so excited for the release date on it. I know he mentioned he's also going to have some screenings in select cities. Um, I know Phoenix, Tucson, and Flagstaff, um, if you're an Arizona local like I am, uh, he's going to be having some events and showings in there as well, and then also in Denver and Boulder. So if you're in those areas, um, he's got a link uh, also onto the trailer, um, or I should say he's got a email capture um, spot on the page where he has the trailer. I don't know why there was so many words there, but we got it out uh, into the link that I post in the show notes. So feel free to drop your email in there. Um, I know that I will definitely uh, be at either Flagstaff, Phoenix, or Tucson um, if I'm around at those dates because, um, man, I'm, I'm just excited to see this. So uh, super, super pumped to have that out there um, to cover his Colorado Trail journey in epic, epic fashion. And now for this episode, we're going to be covering his John Muir Trail FKT in epic, epic fashion uh, on this episode here. So enjoy the episode thank you so much for listening and uh let's get into it with the one and only jeff garmeyer What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Everyday Ultra Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Corsione, and today we have a returning guest to the podcast. And uh, man, let me tell you, too, also a new record holder 
for the unsupported FKT on the John Muir Trail. You might be thinking, hey, wasn't that just broken? Yes, it was just broken. But like literally a little after a month later, our guest today went and smashed that record. Not only has he smashed this record, but he's smashed tons of trail records, over 15 over the entire course of his endurance and career, including the Arizona Trail, the Colorado Trail, the Long Trail. He's even done the triple crown of the massive through hikes, such as the uh, Appalachian Trail, the PCT, and the Continental Divide Trail. I mean, this guy, if I were to say so myself, is probably one of the greatest through hikers that we've seen, you know, in the game of endurance sports. And so I'm so excited to have him on today, uh, not only because he is a great athlete, but he's just an awesome dude. And uh, I know the first episode with him was incredible. So I know that this one is going to be awesome, too, especially because as I was telling him before this show, I have so many questions about this attempt. Like he's been posting reels just like constantly. If you ever have the chance to like watch the reels on the thing, go ahead and do it. Um, but we're going to dive deep into his record-breaking uh, accomplishments on the John Muir Trail today. And we have none other than the legend himself, Jeff Garmeyer. Jeff, thanks for coming on the show again, man. And congrats on your uh, epic accomplishment once again. Yeah, thanks for that really big intro. It's pretty wild. So yeah, thank you. And it's uh, cool to be back here and wild that, uh, yeah, another accomplished something I thought about for years and get to talk about it now. It's kind of the cherry on top. Yeah, so cool, man. And it, I think it's awesome. I mean, like, dude, like your resume is just so insane to begin with, like, and it's just wildly impressive. And to add like something as grueling as the John Muir trail, like FKT to your pedigree is just, is just absurd. I'm curious, you know, with all the accomplishments that you've done, right. I mean, and you've done some of the Holy grails of through hikes, right. Adding the John Muir trail to the list. Like what was the special thing about this particular one? You know, you mentioned it for years and let me just actually take a step back and, and let everyone know here who didn't, who aren't following Jeff before he posted the announcement of this, like days before he went out and done it. It wasn't just like a, yeah, I'm going to be preparing for this for like six months. He just kind of posted a reel and kind of went out to it. So I would love to know like why the John Muir trail and kind of what went into you diving into making this happen and deciding to go all in on this. Yeah, I, initially thought about going for it in 2019 i actually went out there backpacked the whole trail scouted it and had a thought of going for it but it's shorter it's faster it's actually where the term fkt was coined uh, mm -hmm. fastest known time started with that one so it's like the granddaddy of them all it's super competitive and it it scared me for like three years so uh I thought about it that year, just didn't end up doing it, just didn't have the right confidence, I guess, mentally. So I, I just didn't think I could get it done. So it was like, that's not a good way to enter into something. So I didn't do it that year. And the next year I considered it. It was a little weird with COVID and just never ended up going for it. And then 2021, I was pretty seriously considering it, but then wildfires closed down all of um, California public lands for the period that I was looking to do it. So I was actually really relieved because I was like, oh man, I might, might go for this. And then it was like, okay, good. Someone else made the decision for me not to. <laughs> and then even this year, I, I've raced more than I ever have. I've been focusing on that less on FKTs, but I've been thinking about this all summer. And in the last about month and a half, I've had permits three different times to do it. And like two days after I got the permit, I would just cancel and be like, no, I don't, I don't think I can get it. Oh, and then shit. finally it was like, okay, I got a permit. If I'm going to fit this into my schedule, it like has to be now. And so then I just whipped up something to announce online, told some friends and was like, okay, I'm committed. I'm going for it. And it was the strangest thing on the drive out after three years of like finding reasons to not try it. I just felt like very things, everything, every little thing seemed to be going right. I just felt good about it. I had this confidence and sort of accepted that like, this is more about me showing up and giving it my best shot. Even if I'm not even sure if I can break this record, it turned into more like personally driven rather than seeing an FKT or achieving the actual fastest known time. It, just shifted the perspective to I'm still going to be pushed and feel driven to give it my best shot, but 
it doesn't have to be like success or failure by a number of minutes. It's more about like, you're proving to yourself, you can go after something that scares you a little bit. And I'd never done that before. Every other FKT was like, I can achieve these benchmarks. And if I hit them, I'll probably achieve the FKT. This one was like, I don't know if my body can handle that. So it was, it was pretty cool feeling to actually start and go after it. Wow, dude, that's freaking. So I didn't know you've been like, like teetering, like on it for like three years and then had permits like a few times and then canceled. Like, that's crazy. I'm, I'm curious, like what? Because I mean, even, you know, in 2019, before that, you had already a lot of these accomplishments that I mentioned, like under your belt. Like, it's not like you weren't like skilled and you didn't have the knowledge, but like, what was it about the JNT that like really like kind of gave you that fear, like as opposed to some of the other trails that you did? Cause like AT is no joke. I mean, the PCT goes through it definitely a little bit. And yeah. So like why the John Muir trail? So it's like this perfect middle ground of runners are competing with more my style, which is like kind of the mix of running and through hiking. So fast packing. So it's like fast packers and runners can overlap perfectly and neither one seems better for the John Muir trail but at this point you have to average over 70 miles a day for three days to get the record and it was like I just don't know I've never done that before I don't know if my body can handle that I don't have a traditional running background or this long list of ultras I've accomplished like some of the people who've gotten it so there were just so many ways to concoct like imposter syndrome and feel like there's no way I can get this done and so, yeah, it really was more a mental process of feeling like I even belong to show up more than anything. And yeah, it was kind of, it was a really cool thing. Cause I, I've done the trail, um, I guess every step of it three times and most of it four times. And so I just like knew what I was doing physically, knew the route, knew all the logistics like that, but it was more this internal mental like struggle of like, is it even worth going for it? And once I finally got over the hump that, yeah, even before achieving anything, it proved a lot more of like, sometimes you just got to show up, even if it's scary more than anything. And um, yeah, there were portions in the middle of it where it was like, I was just so proud to be giving it my best shot. Like the whole mm -hmm. time I had these numbers laid out that I wanted to hit each day. And if I hit them, it was like, it wasn't like you're on pace to break it. It was like, you still got a chance. That's all I was thinking. And that's all I wanted. It was like, you got a chance at the end. That's all. That's all I could ever hope for. That's so cool, man. I love that mindset shift too. It's like so inspiring to hear that too. Cause like, you know, I know you mentioned the beginning, like the, the long intro, like with all the, like the accolades and a lot of people see you like as, you know, one of the legends in the sport of through hiking. And so like to see that, like you're, you know, still have like things that do scare you and challenges and that you're throwing it in there. I mean, like, that's just so inspiring to hear. Like, and I, I want to definitely dive into like the details of the race, but kind of like diving a little bit more deeper into like that mindset shift. Cause that's like, that's a big shift to go from like three years of like kind of being scared of something and just be like, you know what? Screw it. Like, I just want to kind of do my best and kind of go out there what led to that shift? Like what did something kind of like change that? Was it just kind of spur of the moment? Like, I guess what, what led you to shift your mindset to be able to say, screw it. I'm going to, I'm going to go for this, even though I'm scared. I, I just think seeing uh, like friends and people that I admire, like uh, Joey camps and then Joe McConaughey uh, both went after the record. Joe McConaughey string being got the record um, like a month before I did, but it was just like, well, they're going after it. Like I need to be one of the people going after it. And then just like stewed on it for a little while and then, and then dove right in. But yeah, it was just had to have the frank talk with myself. Like you don't get to do anything without like hitting the starting line or giving it a chance. Like you don't have to measure your life and if it's successful or not. And in fact, it's a couple of times failing at things when, you know, give it a shot and it just didn't go right. Like it's not like you enter this massive world of negativity. There's usually a lot of positivity there too. So I think just adopting that it's not just black and white of succeed or failure. Like you got to show up and, and try this. If you, yeah, like I've been lucky to cross most things off my bucket list that I've wanted to. And just being scared to keep crossing things off was like, I can't live like that. I got to go out there and attack this one. 
So awesome. I, I, I think that's so cool. Like that, you know, you took the inspiration of like seeing other people doing it and be like, yeah, like, you know, I'm going to go ahead and just do this for myself and then really just uh, dive into, you know, what I want to accomplish in my life. And, you know, I think if there's someone who defines like being able to, to have a bucket list or, you know, dreams in their life and make it happen, dude, it's like totally you like for sure. So no surprise that, you know, you, you left on this and made that happen. And then having that mindset shift is just super powerful. And I know you mentioned that like, it wasn't about DFKT. It was more about your personal reasons. And I know you dived into that, like a little bit kind of talking about that, but I guess if, if you were to go deeper on that, like what was like your big personal reason for this race? Cause I agree with you. Like, and I think, I think it's something that people need to acknowledge a lot more like their own personal reasons and not for the gl- yeah. glitz and the glamour. We were talking about this before we started recording. So for you, for the JMT, what was like the personal reason for you that kept you going? Yeah, this is the portion of the country where I first had like the confidence to be like an adult, an individual. So at 20 years old, I threw hike the Pacific Crest Trail. It was a record snow year. And going through the Sierra, I learned so much about both myself pushing through navigation and all these high passes that are also part of the John Muir Trail is where like I went over um, the Silver Pass, one of the further north ones was one of my first ones that I did alone. And this is when I first realized that, yeah, the world's a lot bigger and more beauty than where I grew up and stuff. So this whole segment is really what opened my eyes to kind of there is like, there are things to see and a way to live that's a, a little bit different or you got to prioritize getting these places or people will always say like, oh, that's so cool you did that. I wish I could do that or I wish I'd done that. And so this was the first uh, like natural area where I really realized that that was a thing and connected the dots. And then over years, I'd say I try to get back there every year or two and do something in the Sierra and kind of every FKT and stuff and even like racing more was pointing at some of these attempts where you're pushing the envelope against these ultra runners as well. And Mm. then, you know, chase uh, like, yeah, even entering races and stuff and things where I don't know how well I'm going to do like all this mindset that I've been working on really pointed to like, well, you're just going to ignore like trying to improve this mindset and feel like you belong on the start line or belong attempting these things. So those two different things kind of met in the middle of the John Muir trail of like, yeah, you, you got to start. You're, you're signing up for races that are different, shorter, unconventional, whatever, to just try something new. Like you got to just show up eventually. And uh, it was really cool to relive all the, the memories, but also I'd never been out there this time of year or done that route southbound. And so it was a very cool, different way to experience the exact same thing. So it just, yeah, there was compared to other FKTs and things, there were so many personal and individual reasons that led into this one, which is probably what made it scary to it. It was connected to a lot more meaning than places I'd never been before. Oh, that's so awesome. I love that. It's like, there's something about like being in a place where you have so much like connections to your past and growth and opportunities and mindset shifts. And I I, I love how it's so cool too, like taking like fast forwarding to now and like your own year of like diving into all these different races that kind of are out of your element. It's like, you kind of showed yourself, you're like, Hey, I can put myself in these mm-hmm. tough situations. And dude, you, I mean, you've done well in these races, like, you know, fit the Coca-Dona, like you're, you're placing pretty well in these races too. So I'm sure like a lot of that too is like, Hey, I can, I can do these things, even though it might not be like my expertise or what I'm used to or anything. So it's so cool to see like those like little, I don't want to call a hundred miles or 250 miles a little, <laughs> like, let me, let me just backtrack and clarify that. But, uh, all of these, these, uh, some, these other goals down the line, right. Like help to build that confidence to like, kind of go to this, like granddaddy of uncomfortability, like of what you yeah. kind of had. Right. Yeah. It's like just stretching it in different ways. So like I signed up for, I think one of the shorter ones was like a 24 mile trail race. And it's like, yeah. I do not have really the speed to do that, but I'm going to start out and give it my best shot as if I do. And it's like, yeah, just putting yourself in a, like 
a race or an element where it's not where you're going to excel. Like I did pretty well. And it's like, okay, you can't keep using that. You suck at this. You could just say I'm improving at this distance now or something like that. And another cool thing um, about the John Muir trail this time was I've done Mount Whitney four times and three of the times I have tried to be up there for either sunrise or sunset, right? at like the perfect moment and missed it by a little bit every time. This time I planned nothing for my time. And yet I was up there for the first light of the morning. And it was like serendipity of like, everything was worth it. If I'd started five minutes earlier or five minutes later, probably wouldn't have hit that perfect time. So it, everything, I mean, there were so many highs and lows, but just like that one moment kind of bookended that it was the perfect, everything that fell into place. Like, you never would have got that chance unless you vulnerably showed up with no idea of even if you'd make it. So it was pretty cool. So cool, man. I, I love that reel like uh, that you had on there too. Cause it like made me think like, do you feel like that was indicative of like your entire experience where it was just like, things were kind of like falling into place, but you weren't like trying to force this FKT or really like force kind of like the hard goal or anything like that. Like I, I, to me, it seems like it's like indicative of your experience and kind of like the entire journey you went through. Like, would you agree with that? Yeah, it just fell into place perfectly. And I had, um, I planned it more than any other thing I've probably ever done. So it was like this loose plan that if one thing went right, it would lead into the next and everything. I never really smashed any goals, but I usually hit the where I wanted to be almost exactly. And it just led to exactly where, how I wanted it to go. So it's like nothing went, there were no sections that were like, I feel amazing. I'm sprinting, but there are no sections where it's like, I can't do anything. It just went like consistency was the name of it. And I just ended up right there at that moment, having not blown away projections or anything, but also not failed at any either. So it was just a really cool way where like you plan something and it never goes right, but it went pretty much by the book of how I'd wanted it to go. So it was perfect. That's awesome, man. It just seemed like everything just kind of aligned for you, just like mentally, yeah. like physically, like the opportunity, like, I feel like even just having like Joe, like break the record, like a little, little more than a month ago, like it feels like everything just kind of came together to like make this moment happen. And like, you just saw the opportunity and seized it. Whereas like in like some, for some people, like you mentioned before, like you can, sometimes you get those opportunities and you're like, ah, I don't know. And you let that fear get yeah. in the way, but you're like, fuck it, man. Like I'm, I'm scared, but we're going to make it happen. And dude, it all worked out. Like, I, I think it's just so freaking cool. Yeah. I don't even know why watching someone lower the record by three hours was like such a catalyst for being like, okay, now I got to go out there and do it. Like <laughs> it became harder and I was scared of it before yet. It was just like, okay, I know Joe, he just, went for it I should just go for it but like objectively that's weird that a week before I was scared and then a week later when it's harder I'm like all right now's the time to go it's just kind of funny what happens in your mind that's not always rational or makes sense but it was like okay he just said it now it's my time to go out there and try and it's like okay dude it's harder now but sure if you think <laughs> so <laughs> that's awesome yeah that's that is so interesting how it works because like you like like logically you'd look at that and be like, well, if I thought it was hard before, like now it's going to be even harder. So why even try? But that's so interesting that you just kind of went for it. Did you talk with him at all before? Like, cause I know obviously you guys raced together at Cocodona and you guys, yeah. you know, are familiar with each other. Did you chat with him at all before this or? Yeah, we traded quite a few messages leading up to it. And yeah, it, I mean, so much respect for him. It does suck to have records, your records broken too. So I feel for him. For sure. I think we both had a number of our records broken in the past, but um, yeah, it was just seeing him squeeze it into his summer and he'd been guiding out there. So it was like, not everything's perfect, but I'm going to give it a go. And that's kind of the mindset of like, there's never, if I'm waiting for the perfect time in life in three years, I haven't found it. So I better just like pick a good enough time. So that's kind of how I, I treated the, what I call my week long vacation where hurt more than any other vacation but still <laughs> week long yeah, i love it week long paincation i think that's uh th mm -hmm. that's the title of the uh the fkt for sure man but dude i, I like 
it's just so inspiring just to hear you just taking this like and you know something that you've been thinking about for a long time and i'm hoping like people hear this i mean even like for me like i'm thinking in the back of my head like shit there's some things i want to do why why am i not just going for it so i think it's just so inspiring man and i i just have so much respect for you for you know taking taking the reins and just paving your path and making like your own goals and dreams happen and i love how you're owning like the personal reason as opposed to like just breaking the fkt or you know, getting yeah. your name on like the, the website as like fastest time or everything, um, which is great. But at the same time, like the personal reasons, what matters. And I just love how you're like highlighting that, like for you. Thanks. Yeah. And it, it was definitely a process of like being like, this is the year and then get a permit the first time. And then a couple of days later, like not feeling it. And then mm. same process again. It was like you, I mean, I'm big on like, just show up and go for it. But there is that mental side too. I did need a couple of weeks mm. to like mentally accept going for it. And yeah, I think everyone should dive right in and go after their goals, but there's a little precursor to it of like, show up with that mindset of like, this is going to be hard. Hard things can be really fun and hard things are rewarding. So you got to have that mentality of like, when it gets hard, I'm going to draw on this thought that like, I enjoy hard things. If hard things aren't the reason to quit. It's the reason I'm out here, but it does take, you got to really confront yourself and make sure that, that you're going out there for, for that reason, rather than something that is pretty superficial and probably the easiest way to quit. hundred <laughs> percent, man. And just judging from like your, your recaps, your videos, I mean, like, like the things that you've written and have spoke about on social about it. I mean, like you, endured a ton out there and i love how you like documented so much like i mean some of those reels are just an absolute gold mine of just like pure fkt gold in like a matter of like 60 seconds which i think is like just so awesome <laughs> but i'd love to dive into like the actual experience and kind of like the highs the lows like how you yeah. manage things um so what was it like like taking it from the beginning like how how did that start go i remember like right off the bat, you were like taking videos being like, this is so beautiful and seem yeah. like spirits are high, but what was the, that initial, those initial miles like on your attempt? Yeah. So I got to Yosemite, got my permit the night before and then camped in the backpackers campground. Um, and I never sleep that well before these, but I slept really well comparatively. So I woke up being like, Oh my gosh, things are going too good. And it was like, <laughs> it was this fight to just be like, that's okay. That's good. Just accept that it's good. Don't be like, oh, what's going to go wrong? So <laughs> that morning, like six or 6.30 in the morning, um, I already had my backpack packed by the time I showed up out there. But just for added confidence, I unpacked everything and repacked just to make sure like got everything because an unsupported attempt, once the clock starts, like that's what you have. So I just wanted to make sure whether it was in the right pockets or even just packed in my backpack in some way that I had everything I felt good about and uh, then had that packed, walked over to the sign at Happy Isles and stood there and waited for five minutes uh, for someone else to come by so I could have them take what would be a better photo of me just trying to take a selfie. So I waited, got bit by some mosquito bites there. And then um, right when I started, I just was like overwhelmed with like elation of like, I'm actually doing it and going for it. And that lasted for probably the first 10, 12 hours. Like I powered mm -hmm. up. Um, it's quite a climb from there. It's, I mean, that major uphill, probably like net 7,000 feet uphill to the top of Donahue pass at mile 36. And so it's pretty substantial and tough and kept the pace I wanted to actually it was exceeding expectations and then um, on the back side of that pass it started to night one began and I actually stopped to uh or I was peeing and it started coming out the wrong color and it was like oh, oh my god what is happening and I'm colorblind so I'm like I don't know if this is like brown or red like I hope I don't have rhabdo which and it's like this wouldn't make sense because I've done many efforts I'm 42 miles in it's like I've done many 40 mile efforts this year like none of these things are adding up so I laid down for like three minutes and was like let's just get my heart rate back to resting and then we'll just do a hard reset and then it's like I'm going to double the electrolytes and the water that I'm or I'm going to keep the level the same through the night which would be doubling what I would normally be drinking and it's like let's just monitor i'm gonna keep going but if it gets worse i'll like make some real decisions and so 
I actually battled that off and on for the next two and a half days of like, this is painful to pee. This is not great looking, but it, it never got worse and it was never like apparently true bloody or anything. So it was like, I guess uh, we'll just keep pushing it. But that was like the extent of the, the health issues, but it happened so soon. I was like, my legs felt amazing. I was like on cloud nine and that knocked me back at like the 12 hour mark of like, Oh no, are things falling apart this soon? And uh, I, yeah, it was one of my strategies is those like hard resets. So it's like, let's lay down resting heart rate. And then it's like, okay, you're like being a weird color. Now we're going to, we're going to assume now this is baseline. And if it gets worse, we're going to really decide this is a problem. If not, we're just going to live with it. And so that's, that's how I got rid of that stress and anxiety of like, this is the new normal and we're going to monitor it closely, but we're not, it was like, is this the reason we should quit? No. And it was like, okay, we're going to keep going, but we're also going to keep an eye on it. So that's, that's how I treated it. And uh, yeah, off and on throughout and then crushed the first night went well through the first. So my strategy was I wanted to be really consistent. So every 24 hours I was looking to do between about 70 and 80 miles. I didn't want to exceed that on the first day because I thought that would hurt me on the backside. So the first day I got 77, first 24 hour block, 20, uh, 77 miles in, which was like, perfect. I'm right where I want to be. Like, it was like, oh, it would have been nice if I hit 80, but it was like, okay, you're, you're, you're right there. You still got a chance. And so, um, yeah, from there, um, that was right at the start of where some of the passes start. So got the emotional high of silver pass, which is the first pass I'd done alone and brought back some memories and then started jogging down the backside of it and was like, man, legs still feel amazing. Pushing through, got over Selden pass. And then night two, I started going up. Um, there's five high passes, at least in my mind, I think of the John Muir trail is the second half has five high passes and Muir passes the first one and climbing up that just was getting crushed by the altitude was mm. just tired, not feeling great. So I took a, maybe a five minute nap at like 11,000 feet. And then it was like, how am I going to conceptualize what's left? And so I basically, I physically put up five fingers and was like five passes. And then, you know, an hour later I get over mirror and physically put down a finger. It's like, okay, four high passes left. And that's kind of how I governed the like motivation and break it up into micro goals is like, I'm just excited like next was Mather. I was so stoked to put down physically, I'd hold up how many fingers left and physically put down a finger, like the next high pass. And then um, did the same thing on Pincho and then Glenn. And then at the start of night three, put down my last finger for Forrester pass. And it was like, okay, like this is where you want to be. You have a chance. You just have to climb Mount Whitney, which is the highest point in the continental US. So no big deal. But it was just like, it was the way to conceptualize it in my mind and give myself these goals that, that break it up, which inevitably that second half was going to be a lot harder with higher altitude and more climbing. But it was like, how, how can you physically show yourself that you're making progress and that like, yeah, that you're, I don't know, you're, you're uh, celebrating each of these micro goals too. So it was just the simple act of counting down from five and uh, I think the make or break moment of the whole record was I was around. So I was running, trying to um, maintain the pace I needed to break it. And then um, I woke up and I was laying on the ground and I'd fallen asleep while running. Like the whole oh world gosh. was bouncing, like, <laughs> like my eyesight was done. Like I was hallucinating so hard and it was like, I don't know if I have like 10 minutes to spare, but I can't finish like this. So I set my uh, timer for 12 minutes, took a 12 minute nap and was like, I can't do it without this, but this might jeopardize getting the record as well. So I went for it and woke up and I probably made those 12 minutes up in the first hour. Like it was so beneficial just to have that Frank talk with myself. Like this is not efficient. I'm falling down all the time. I got to just even 12 minutes is going to feel like two hours if I just let myself pass out. So 
worked out. I crashed it up Whitney. I think I got a few top 10 crowns on Strava just for how insanely fast I was going up that, like all the adrenaline flooded in and then got um, brought back to like the natural side of the experience. Right. When I got to the top, the sunrise is starting and got to see it. And it was like this really good juxtaposition of, I just crushed it up that hill, like really fighting for just this one record. And then it was like, okay, this is beautiful. This is what it's all about. This is incredible. And spent maybe, yeah, a few moments up there, just really like enjoying the experience and the privilege and just being grateful. And then it was like, all right, now we got to crush it back down. And like 10 steps later, I fell so hard. And then I fell again, a couple steps later, my phone like fell out of my pack and the screen cracked and it was like, oh my gosh. But at this point, nothing matters. It was like, I just got to keep going. So I hit trail crest and there's like eight or nine miles with 99 switchbacks they say which i think it's made up there's probably more because no one says 99 to describe switchbacks that just seems like a cool number um (laughs) so yeah crushed it down that as fast as i could and time's ticking so i'm like first there's two hours left then there's one hour left and the footing's terrible and then i could see the parking lot and i had like 30 minutes left so i started running as hard as I could. And one, like my second to last mile was a 620 mile at mile 218 or something. And then just like kept crushing and just freaking out like, oh my gosh, if it's a couple miles further, I don't know that I can get the record. And then uh, came around the corner and just was greeted by that trail sign and, and just, just made it stop, stop my watch and sat down and just was completely spent. Like I'd spent It'd been 70, 72 hours and 47 minutes of chasing one goal, one like immersive experience in the wild. And then it's immediately done. And it was like, I am brain dead. I got nothing. I don't even know what I'm supposed to think about. Like my, the thing I'm chasing just ended. So I guess I just sit on the stump and it was like, now what do I do? It was, (laughs) it was a weird moment. I thought I'd be like flooded with emotion, but I was so drained. And then void of like purpose at that point, it was strange. It was a weird feeling. Wow. I mean, like, I feel like that's indicative of like your effort though. Cause like, I mean, you're yeah. like, it sounds like you literally emptied the tank, like not just physically, but like mentally too. I mean, like to be able to go through that with the the little bit of sleep, like all like the difficulties and everything like that, like I almost feel like it's almost better to like feel the way that you did. Cause like, you know, you gave it your all right. Cause like, if you're yeah. feeling like good or anything, it's like, ah, uh, maybe you had a little left in the tank and like, Hey, sometimes that's a good thing. But like, I mean, like, is, is that what you would say? Like would, was the yeah. reason why you maybe you felt that way? I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure the gauge physically, but it became such a mental, like mm. it was so much more mental that, yeah, there was nothing left mentally. Like, yeah, that's how I felt. Exactly. I, even 10 miles or three hours, 10 miles before or whatever, I was envisioning like, oh, I'm so grateful for it to be over and just like erupt or something. But then just that angst and like, I got to leave everything I got out here meant that I did. And so, yeah, I yeah. got to the finish and there was nothing left to give. Like there was no emotion left for for a while. It was It was pretty wild. I'd never really hit that threshold emotionally and that's what it really was even more than physically like maybe there was 20 or 30 more minutes out there physically but emotionally I wasn't able or I wasn't going to be able to do that and those things got to be in sync I think most of the time we probably exhaust ourselves physically before emotionally but this time it came in the opposite way and that it felt really cool to hit that threshold which I'd never really done before Dang. So like, you didn't even feel this, like when you did like any, any like AZT, CT, like, like not like this is the first time you had that, that experience, correct? Yeah. I've been low and depleted, but I didn't know what nothing felt like. And this time I figured out what nothing was for sure. And it's so interesting, especially over small, like a shorter amount of miles. Like, I mean, that's nuts. Yeah. It was just such an immersive experience that every 
every thought, every bit of mental energy was going into whether, whether it was on one side, gratitude or appreciation or the other side, like planning and foresight and the, like, how am I going to get this done? It was like nothing else externally mattered. Like it was this one 220 mile path from Yosemite to Mount Whitney. And beyond that, there was not one thing I thought about. It was pretty wild. Wow. I mean, like, that's like, I mean, locked in at that point. Like that's like, yeah, Yeah. just like absolute, (laughs) just pure focus. Like, what is that like? Like, what is that feeling like to be out there? Cause like, you know, I've been on runs and I'm sure a lot of people will be on runs and like, you know, your mind kind of wanders. Like you start to like think about those, like, is that like, did you kind of have that feeling too on your other through hikes or anything, or was it just completely different on this one? And I guess like, what is that feeling? Like, do you think it's a good feeling, bad feeling? Like so many questions, but I guess overall to encompass my questions is what does it feel like? And do you think that helped you during the, during the effort? I think it's a really cool feeling. It's a good one to uh, show yourself that you can be locked in and laser focused on one goal where I think we're so fragmented in life. It's rare that we get that kind of focus. Mm. But um, I do think if people uh, show like their goal is a marathon or to get, maybe it's just say break four hours in a marathon, maybe that's someone's goal. And that's what they're laser focused on when they show up at the race. Like, I think you can get that kind of thing without having to get three sleepless nights or anything, but it does just feel like, like you personally want something so much or you're so like, there's gotta be, I think you can only get it if there's a bit of gratitude on like getting it to be able to show up at something like that. But it was like Mm -hmm. this mix of, I can't believe I get to do this versus like, I'm in the middle of it and I'm doing it versus like, how do I get it? It's like past, present, future. Like, how do I get this done now? And so when all those meet and it's around one solo topic that you're in the middle of, I think it just feels like this, uh, this goal is out there and you're going to do, I, I don't want to say anything you can to achieve it, but the best you can to put yourself in the position to have a shot at achieving it. And I think whether, I think some people have, probably a similar focus on um, I think you see it a lot in like weight loss journeys and stuff too, or like things like this, where every part of their being wants to do that and they're locked in and they're, they're a completely different person. So I think that there's other ways in life, but it is really rare. And you notice it when you see it either in yourself or others. Cause yeah, we are just so fragmented in the world these days. We don't get any kind of laser focus and it does help the John Muir trail has um, two spots with service in the first 50 miles and then none the rest of it. So it was like, there wasn't even a chance for me to check or do whatever, even if I wanted to. <laughs> that is wow. I mean, yeah, it kind of like forces you to be like focused in, but that's so interesting. Like to hear you say, like, cause you know, especially it's so easy to be fragmented nowadays with like, we, we can see what everyone's doing and we can see like all the opportunities and like see pictures of the world that like, you know, 40 years ago, like some people didn't even know existed because there were no pictures or there wasn't an easy way to access that. Right. Like, so like, I think that's such an awesome point. I know you mentioned you're like, sometimes people go through these and like, they're a completely different person after like, yeah. I mean, of course now you're the new unsupported <laughs> FKT holder, right? Like that on paper, you're a change. Would you say that you're a different person after this whole experience? Yeah. I think the whole um, lesson on, on showing up, I don't even, I'm really proud that it went successfully, but the show myself that like once I was even out there the day before it was like, what is the harm in failure or succeeding? It was like, it was this whole thing of like, I built it so much up in my mind that it's only worthwhile if it like goes perfectly or something. And I think that's a huge lesson that I'll take forward in like, even if it's not like one of the most well-known FKTs, it's like, it's okay to do these things for personal reasons or because you've been like really fixated on it or you really want to do it for some reason. It doesn't have to be just like, yeah, to get your name on the website. And in the end, yeah, that didn't, didn't matter as much as I was just like, holy cow, I set out to do this and I still did, even though I didn't even know if my body could move that fast. So it was really just a cool, on one side, like we're all capable of a lot more than we think kind of cliche, but it's also like, 
you'll never know until you show up. And I think that's the bigger thing that I'll take. And I'm I've failed enough. I'm not afraid of the failure, but just the, uh, I don't know, the thought of that drove me away from this. And then just showing up was like, see, you can do things. And again, it was like this relight the fire of you don't even get a chance unless you try. Oh, dude, you're about to get me to like sign up for Coca-Dona. Like, right after this call. like I'm no, like, get through Javelina. You've been doing like the most amazing training for that. <laughs> oh, thank you, man. But dude, I, I just want to say, man, like this is it like just hearing you talk about this and like I can just tell like even, you know, and we've only speaking on a few occasions beforehand and you're on the podcast before, man, but I can just tell the way that you chatting about the experience and everything you've grown from this and like to see like you like verbalize this and really just, you know, have this like clear takeaway from this and putting like how you how much this means to you as opposed to what it might mean to someone else or anything like that dude, this is just a uh, so inspiring, man. So like this, uh, this conversation is just incredible, man. And I'm just, uh, I just want to say, man, I'm proud of you for, for just showing up for getting it done. And like, most importantly for like doing this for you and, and growing as a person. Cause I think like in the end of the day, like that's just like the, the most inspiring. It's funny how, like, sometimes when we do things for ourselves, it inspires other people, like in turn, right? Like it's, yeah. it's so interesting. And I feel like this episode's going to like fire a lot of people up to really chase that big goal like whereas like for me like i have like you know like i can hear jamil down at headquarters saying sign up for coca right now uh but uh yeah, <laughs> yeah like this is this is freaking awesome man and i'm so so stoked for you yeah i think there's just a big thing that i had to relearn of there's there's a difference between like the goals and like the goals you just need to accomplish at some point and this was one of those that i needed to but that's why i didn't because i was too scared of it like mm. i could sign up for Coca-Dona a couple years in a row and it's like didn't really scare me but the one that scares you that's the fun one that's the one that you know if you're you're a little worried about it that's exactly the one we should all be attacking so that's that's what really that personal growth came from is like i just feel so re-energized to really assess some of the things like what do you actually want to do? Why do you want to do it? And why personally does that mean something? Because externally, you know, it only goes so far that that gratification might last five seconds rather than the rest of your life. That's so awesome, man. I love that. It's, it, it I think it's like important for the endurance community too, right? Because like some people like they'll do a hundred miles and they're like, Oh, like I, you know, they do a hundred miles, a certain amount of vert. And they're like, oh, I can do another hundred. And, you know, it doesn't scare them as much because they kind of been there, done that. But, you know, they, I think it's easy to not venture into like a 200 or even like, you know, if you're a great hunter racer, it could be, you know, a little scary to go on the hundred Ks, right. A little faster and everything like or that. Even so a like, marathon. Yeah. Even a marathon. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like a marathon or even like, yeah, for sure. And so I think it's, uh, it's something that we're all prone to in the endurance community, not just in the endurance community in life, right? We get comfortable in the things that we've mastered. And sometimes we miss that, um, that, that fulfillment that you get from doing the things that scare the shit out of you. Cause as you, as in your own words, like you show yourself, like what you're capable of, you're like, I yeah. didn't think I can do this and I can do that. And I, I feel like it's like a rewarding journey all of us. Yeah. I want to point out one top tier one for everyone listening that just, like I think is really awesome. So Jim Walmsley, possibly best American ultra runner ever. He took six months off trained unconventionally, but how he knew worked for his body in chase. And he got in the Olympic uh, mm. qualifier for the marathon. And then, you know, I think he was like top 20, but he went against people who'd been training that way for, for years. And yeah, were the chances of success and making an Olympic team high? No, probably minuscule, if even a chance. But he went and did it despite being on like the pedestal of the best in one sport. And he just wanted to do it. So he went and attacked it. So if the best person in, in this small niche sport can go jump over and try something that everyone else is like, why are you doing that? It's like, none of us should let anything hold us back. I think that story is so cool. Just and he wanted to see how he stacked up against people. So he did it. He ran 180 mile training weeks. Everyone's criticizing his training, but he gave it a really solid effort out there. And I think that's such a cool story. Oh man. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up too. Like that is just, yeah, that is an incredible story, especially like, cause it is such a big transition from what he did. Like even, even what he did with UTMB was just interesting where he yeah. was like, 
hey, like, you know, these Europeans have had such a strong hold on the men's field. Like, I got to go train like them and, you know, move out of Flagstaff and do something out of my comfort zone. And like, he's freaking living there, which is crazy. And like, the cool thing too is like, you know, and I mean, not cool that, you know, he didn't win, but like, you know, he came in uh, fourth, fifth place this year, like, you know, and didn't even get that, but he's saying, I'm excited. I'm happy with this. I'm going to get it again next year. And like, I think it goes back to that internal motivation. Like, he didn't care that he didn't win. I mean, he probably did a little bit, but like overarching, he's excited for the learning and everything, which I think, you know, is indicative of a lot of the best athletes, including yourself out there. Um, and I think it's something that like a lot of people, even if you're not trying to be a top athlete can get in because it like leads to not just sustainability in the sport, but fulfillment. Like that, that's why we're doing it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're looking for something a lot more than like, a belt buckle or a, a, a time on ultra sign up or a place to brag about, or even something to say at the water cooler. You want to be the person who's chasing the things that get you fired up and seeing the best in the world chase things where it doesn't end in like what we perceive as perfect success, yet they're still fulfilled should be a good lesson for us of like, yeah, maybe we're all judging all these things wrong on, you know, he could have, on seven different races and run them all, but he chased the one thing that inspires him. And that's pretty cool. Oh, that's, oh, dude, you you got me fired up, Jeff. You got me fired (laughs) up. I mean, like, dude, not just on this podcast too, but just like, I feel like even though like this was like a growth journey, like I feel like this has been indicative of like your entire story, right? Like being in a career in finance and kind of going through the motions and then setting out on, you know, you're through hiking adventures and crushing like the, the triple crown. And then now all of a sudden, like getting to, you know, 200 mile races and, and FKTs on like things that you've had in the mind. Like, I feel like this has been a consistent kind of arc in your story. And I think it's one of those reasons that makes you obviously not just a great athlete, but I think it's why, so many people, you know, look up to you, purchase your book, follow you on Instagram, like follow your journeys, man. And I think it's like something that just, uh, inspires us all out here, including myself. So dude, like (laughs) seriously, major, major kudos to you, my friend. Like it's, it's been incredible. Thanks. Yeah. It's all about, uh, chasing something new and gets you fired up. And right now I'm learning how to be an ultra runner. So hopefully I'll make some podium appearances in the future. Oh, no doubt you will. And just to also like blow the minds of our listeners here, because I know I was blown when you said, what, what do you have going on in uh, less than two weeks here? Like, so we're, we're recording this on September 7th, um, which is how, how long since the attempt? Like, uh, I think nine days and eight, eight or nine days since I uh, set the record and finished. And then in 10 more days, I'm running a hundred miler. And so my schedule for the last month is on the 29th of July I ran a hundred miler and then on the 20 I think the 26th I did the John Muir Trail FKT and then the 17th of September I'm doing another hundred miler and I just think it's it's kind of funny because everyone does that debate on like uh, I think it's can you do hard rock and uh, UTMB in the same year because they're six weeks apart and my hundred two hundreds are six weeks apart and I just snuck in a 220 mile effort in the middle of them. So just similar mindset as the pros, you know, hundred percent. Right. Just, just, just be like, yep. Yeah. If they can do it, I can do it. Right. I mean, Killian did it and uh, dude uh, smashed the course records on both things. So it's like, I think uh, it goes to that thing. It's like when you see other people doing big things, like it helps to like say into yourself, I could probably, I can, I can make that happen. Like, so dude, it's, it's inspiring to see you, uh, just getting out there and crushing it and, you know, just living on your terms, man. Cause I think that's just like the, the thing that describes like what you do. And it's not like a live on your terms, like, you know, fuck the man and all that. You know, it's more like uh, Hey, yeah. I'm doing this for me and like what I, you know, want to do and, and ma- like making your own path. And so dude, it's just incredibly inspiring. And for anyone here listening, I'm sure if they're not following you before, I'm sure they're going to want to follow you now. <laughs> Where can they do so on social? Where's it? And then, you know, I know you have a blog as well, which is super cool and a book too. Um, so where can our listeners dive into more of your world if they want to learn a little bit more of the, the Jeff Garmeyer story? Yeah, it's uh, the free outside on uh, Instagram. And then um, most other stuff is going to show up through the website that I have. It's just freeoutside.com. And um, actually releasing a movie this fall on the Colorado oh, yeah. Trail record, and uh, we'll be dropping the trailer um, 
yeah, I would check in once this episode airs because we might be dropping the trailer around the same time. And that'll just be on freeoutside.com slash film. And uh, there'll be some dates coming out for the premiere and tickets. And we're going to try to do some locations in uh, Tucson, Phoenix, Flagstaff, Denver. Um, it's all coming together. So we have nothing in stone. We're waiting to hear from Bant Film Festival at the moment. But after that, um, it's going to be an exciting year to let people in on what the mindset during these FKTs is. And uh, yeah, that story is about a nine day unsupported FKT on the Colorado trail. And, you know, you get everything from blisters to puke to immense joy and rainbows. So uh, yeah, I'm really stoked to uh, let people in on how these things are because it's uh, yeah, it's just something that's so strange and different, but also as we talked about, like, such a unique way to have one thing on your mind for for a period of time so excited to share that with the world so a lot of big things coming dude i'm so stoked to see it and i love that you mentioned like all the uh the areas in my backyard so i'm stoked to uh to, to be there and spread the word and if the trailer does drop by the time this episode does and Actually, I can always go back and edit. So when the trailer's out, it will be in the show notes here if you're listening to it while it's out. So I'll put that in there for sure. And uh, dude, if you want me to pr- promote that on the podcast, man, I'm happy to because like, dude, like it's it's incredible what you're doing and uh, always happy to help out because it's, uh, I mean, I- I'm sure people always, I-, I still have a billion questions for you and I don't think I'll ever, <laughs> ever have the time to get them answered. Um, but dude, I can't wait to see it, man. It's going to be freaking awesome. Yeah, let's just go ahead and say it will be live if this if the time this episode drops. So there you, there you go. go. Hit that link in the, in the episode <laughs> notes and you'll get to uh, get a good look at the trailer. And whether we've announced dates or not by that time, we'll have an email list. You can be the first to know on when tickets are going out. Easy enough. All right. Well, there it is in the uh, in the show notes. Go ahead and check it out and highly encourage you all to follow Jeff's journey and, and watch that movie. I know I'm 100 percent going to be watching that and be tuned into it. So highly encourage you follow Jeff's journey, too. I'm also going to be reading reading your book, Jeff. Uh, I cool. have an order, cool. so I'm excited to uh, read into it. The Appalachian Trail has always been on my radar and kind of like somewhere with the JMT with you. So um, it's been been in my head. So uh, I don't know, maybe after listening to this again, I'm probably going to like just be like, all right, see a job. I'm going to go uh, <laughs> six months out on the uh, on the Appalachian Trail and just uh, send it. Um, but anyways, man, this is such an inspiring episode. Thank you again for making this happen. Congrats again. And I know I asked you this question on the last episode that we did, but just keep the consistency, which tends to be, you know, the answer that comes up a lot, but would want to hear if anything changed um, in terms of the question that I always ask my guests at the end of the show, which is what can our listeners do every single day to be a better endurance athlete? Man, I mean, it is consistency, but I would, I would say overall, just reevaluate your goals. Like if you're continually chasing something and it's not getting you out of bed in the morning, it's not getting you excited. There's so many cool things to do. It's okay to shift. It's okay to quit but you don't want to fill that quit with a void of nothing. Like there's a great time to quit and that's when you're not inspired. So fill that with something that inspires you. I reevaluate my goals all the time and I don't want to be like the promote quitting, but you know, if you're not excited about something you're putting time, effort, money into, we only have so much of those resources in life. So just figure out what gets you excited and keep chasing that. Dude. Love that, man. And I, I love that message so much for the endurance community because I think in the era of Goggins, it's very much like, a, and lo- love Goggins, but like, I think in, in you know, something where it's like never quit no matter what, but like to your point, like if it's not aligned with the goals and what you want, quitting's good, man. Like it, it saves you, saves you a lot of like regret and internal like discomfort in the long term. Like, so I think uh, I love that message, man. And dude, Jeff, thanks again for coming on, man. This was freaking awesome. Yeah, thanks. This is great. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Everyday Ultra Podcast. Appreciate you listening in. And if you have any topics or guests or suggestions for the show, I would love to hear that because I want to make sure this show is so valuable to you that I'm able to provide all the things that you're looking for to become a better endurance athlete every day. So if you have those things, feel free to send them over to me on Instagram at Joe Corsione. That is my handle, J-O-E-C-O-R-C-I-O-N-E. And I'm more than happy to 
fit it into the show, reach out to the guests that you're looking for, and ultimately give the value that you're looking for. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it. Uh, would love to get more ultra runners and uh, people in the ultra endurance community listening to this podcast because the more this podcast grows, the better we're able to serve you as well. And so thank you so, so much again for listening in. I tell you, I do not take it lightly. And remember, my friends, become a better endurance athlete every single day. Take care.